0: Log Talk Radio. and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures, and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Wow, here we are. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. So no, it's it's kind of I'm going to tell you the weirdest thing about today's show is obviously for both of us what we were talking very briefly about before um we got on about the particular deity we're talking about but it's, right. it's very I'm not off kilter but I feel sort of strange in a in a in an energetic way not an emotional way more an energetic way mm-hmm. I don't know I don't feel it's a sign of something negative coming in our area or anything. It's just I really am off, and I don't quite know why. But I
1: think yeah.
2: it'll get us. It'll get the show started. So what was yeah. you know your week
1: like, my dear? <laughs> I get to hear somebody
2: else's story.
1: Yeah, i I was so funny because I think I've said this before, but every week you're like, "How's your week been?" And I'm like, "Uh." What did I do this week? I have to really think about it. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not, but I um, I have officially taken over a new second location for Milk and Honey, and it's not a retail location. It's just a little office. I don't have an office right now. In fact, right now I'm doing the radio show from my kitchen table, uh, which you know I've done. Me and Elvira used to do together at her place uh, across from each other on the kitchen table, but. Um, you know, my house is, the other people live here, and it's noisy, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been working from the kitchen table for about a year, so, um, well, really longer than that. And, so, anywho, this is an office, and then Milk and Honey makes so many products, and I make them at home, and it's getting to the point where I can't do that anymore. It's too much. I can't keep up. So, we have uh, this little office is also manufacturing space, so I've spent You know, all my Venus in my chart, I love, like, decorating and setting things up and making things look pretty. So I've spent a lot of time this week at the new Annex. That's what we're calling it, the Milk and Honey Annex, um, bringing in furniture and moving things around and, like, all the herbs I have and oils and baths. Like, I have so much stuff, so I've been slowly taking all that stuff over to the Annex. and So that's been really fun. Um, And, you know, it's always more work than you think it is because there's the stuff that's not fun to do and then there's the fun stuff to do. So Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, And uh, I got sample art back for the cover of my next book, but I can't share it yet. It's not official, but it's likely to look like that. So that was pretty exciting. And I just found out Walking in Beauty has been translated into Russian. I found that out this morning. Okay. So it's been kind of a fun a fun week. But I agree with you, Elvira. I feel a little bit weird today. I feel off and I don't really know why. I'm just not like I I, I guess maybe a, a little ungrounded or something. I don't know. It's just weird. So uh but you know, there's plenty of stuff on my calendar that I can't really pay attention to it. I'm just gonna keep moving forward. <laughs> I <laughs> totally understand you? that. Well, you know you're
2: wounded. Uh, yeah, it, it's, well, my moving date is kind of moving around. It's, there's a, 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 okay, this dates me. It also tells me I love old movies. There is a um, Holiday Inn with Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, Call- uh, Fred Astaire and um, Bing Crosby. And it was always a classic that I would watch at New Year's because originally it, the, the, it goes through a whole year. And it's funny because, It shows a calendar because eventually the idea is they're going to make it in. that's only open for the holidays uh, in different ones through the year. And it was Big Crosby who chose that. Well, there's one part of a calendar where this – it's around Thanksgiving. And as you know, Thanksgiving in the United States changes, okay? It kind of moves around a little bit. And it shows this little animated turkey – trying to find the date and get to the date, and then it goes to the next over to another one, and so it's like moving around. That's kind of how I feel right now. Like, my moving date keeps moving, and so I don't really have it, like, set in stone, though I'm trying. I have, you know... storage unit, people I'm talking to in Arkansas, and, and I think I've locked one down, and then I've got my moving company that I've got to get the date, and then once I do that, I'm kind of committed, and I'm trying to talk to my daughter to tell her about this, thinking we need to be doing this together, like, I'm coming out there, so I'm going to be, you know, coming into your world, and you got, you know, you're supposed to kind of hopefully help me with, you know, some things or whatever, and unfortunately, she got sick. And so for about four days, she's been sick. And they didn't, you know, was a very mild fever, not a, a big one, and, you know, a bunch of other symptoms. And so obviously in our present state of world, they, you know, she stayed home and didn't say quarantine is quarantine because it turned out that her husband and her daughter had had mild cases of whatever this was two, three days before anyway. Turns out that it is a cold. But she did have to go in to the doctor, and they did a, you know, a test, and it's not COVID, it's not flu, it's a cold, and blah, blah, blah. So in the meantime, I couldn't talk to her. So in that way, I could not connect with what I was doing and because she was in no space to hear it, and I could understand it. So I sort of went, okay, so this is where I say instead of I am, I say I will. I will be coming at this time. I will be here. I will, be, you know, that kind of a thing. And that, I had to shift focus. And I think with that, things have, you know, kind of had to get in alignment with that. So still packing. Still, you know, got stuff mm-hmm. that's walking out the door, and you know, stuff that we do. At least I can do this with with a organization rather than the way I came into this place under panic and yeah. grief and all of this stuff and of course I have grief about leaving here I have grief about you know shutting yeah, the place down and leaving and it's own you know it's, it's it's not it's not the kind of death that I've had to deal with with you know my husband or family members it's just but it still feels that kind of a weight on me about that but um so that's been in the background and of course um Today, as I said (laughs) to Phoenix early before we got on the show, I had to change my uh, tag on my car since I registered it and and it now needs to have its full new tag. So I always take the old tag and scrape it off. And I couldn't find the knife that I normally use, which does it is one of those that has serrated edge and it has flat back. Well, I found another knife you know, and it had a serrated edge, and I thought it had a flat back, so I'm sitting there scraping it, so to get some more edge, I go to put my finger on what I thought was a flat, and it wasn't, it was a blade, and so, of course, you know, my finger got a little slice in it, and so, of course, like a paper cut, which is what it turned out to be, uh, it's bleeding all over the place, and I'm trying to clean it up, and my tag thing, and and get it wrapped, (laughs) and cleaned, and sanitized, Uh. and, you know, all that stuff, so I did a blood sacrifice, and saying this, <laughs> we'll, at some point,
1: sacrifice, you know, like you do, no big deal, yeah,
2: no big deal, <laughs> but
1: it's going to make
2: sense when we talk about the particular deity that we're talking about, which I didn't think about until I was narrating this to Phoenix this morning, before the show, and I'm laughing, thinking, well, I guess that's, you know, I do have, my ancestry is Italian, Strega, you know, down in Sicily, but that still part of the roman consciousness yep. of the main roman area. So I thought well, yeah. well I guess she really wanted me to get in there with her since this is a roman goddess that we're talking about. So that's pretty much it and I you know I don't know if it's because easter is, you know, not a it's not something I celebrate um but when you have kids, little ones especially or grandkids, they do. And I'm missing that with, you know, my granddaughter, but um, Mm -hmm. I had, you know, certain, and it's funny because you have traditions, just like we all have traditions. And Easter, even for adults, we would watch a couple of shows, now movies, and because I got enthusiastic and thought in my grandiose point of reference of packing, I packed all my CDs, my DVDs, my VHSs, and in it was my VHS of the Ten Commandments and my um, VHS of Easter Parade. And these are two movies that I religiously watch on that day. And it's part Mm. of what we did because in L.A., when my father got us all as young adults and, you know, slightly teenagers-y, he instituted an Easter parade. He took us down to Wilshire Boulevard in Beverly Hills, where there's the Rodeo Drive and Saks Fifth Avenue, and we walked. We promenaded for about maybe four or five blocks down Mm -hmm. and back and dressed with these big hats with feathers and, you know, kind of the – it wasn't – we didn't do vintage. It was more common to the, you know, to our own age. But the big hats, which is what, you know, in New York on Fifth Avenue and Easter Parade was about, that's what they did – and I'm That's laughing cool. because i that was part of what we would do. We'd go do that, and we'd come back and watch these movies. So yeah. I'm like going, well, That's
1: fun.
2: I don't have a place to promenade. I know if I did it here in the uh, park, they would definitely call, you know, for a 5150 <laughs> because they think I was crazy, and I might act weird somewhere. Um, but it is funny because uh, – I guess that's one reason why I'm also feeling a little off. Is that you know it's kind of like I I'm going to have to you know find a way to 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 do Easter in a different way than I've ever done before. So there yeah,
1: it is. it's funny I haven't celebrated Easter in decades. Probably I can't even remember the last time. Probably when I lived at home with my parents. Because mm-hmm. when I moved out, I like I've, I'm not I have no relationship to Easter occasionally my family would get together or we would get you know a basket from the Easter money or whatever or we'd have a you know a family an extended family hangout but it was not there's no religious connotation to it for me and it seems like the at least where we live in California the older I've gotten the the more like it's not that big of a secular thing where like Christmas even if you're not religious you still celebrate Christmas you know
0: Um, Mm -hmm. I know there
1: are folks that definitely do that with Easter, but it seems to be less and less every year. Or maybe I'm just around normal, quote-unquote, people less and less. But I can't even tell you the last time I celebrated Easter or did anything for it, because when our kids were little, we did the Ostara. We had the Ostara bunny would come visit, or the spring bunny, depending on how I was feeling about the label Ostara. Uh, And we would have, like, a full day for the spring equinox and do, like, a picnic outdoors if the weather was nice and an egg hunt. And they would get, like, baskets of goodies and stuff like that. And so by the time Easter would roll around, I'd be like, what are you guys doing? This was a month ago. You're late to the game. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm totally disconnected. I'm on this little thread, a chat thread of all the businesses that are downtown on Main Street where Milk and Honey is, and someone was like, who's going to be closed for Easter? And I I thought to myself, you guys are going to be closed on Easter? And it's probably about half and half. About half the shops are going to be closed and about half the shops are going to be open. But it's just another day to me. It's so funny. I forget. I forget. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I know. I know. And and it's it's relevant to, you know, to – when we do shows, we try to be relevant to what's happening in the moment that we're talking about it and, you know, what's going on. And, you know, it may or may not segue into, you know, what we're going to talk about as a, as a subject matter, but it's it's just – I personally think that um, Easter has gotten less and less, um, mm-hmm. except I have to say I went into – With the the lessening of, you know, with the use of the vaccines and the lessening of the cases and all the other things here in in Sonoma County and Santa Rosa, I went yesterday to the Dollar Tree, which, you know, I had to pick up two things. I came in, and I kid you not, number one, the entire set of shelves for Easter that they always do because they do a seasonal section was almost Mm. empty, and the lines were ungodly, and people had packs of stuff, candy and eggs and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And I was like, just, I'm kind of walking down the aisle to try and get in line and, you know, do my thing. And, and everybody's doing the, the face masks and the social distancing. So they're still within yeah. the concept of preventive consciousness. But I was just like going, holy freaking shit, look at what you guys have got in your bag. I mean, these are <laughs> gatherings. These are large. <laughs> these are going to be large gatherings. It's not like, oh, I'm doing this for my little son johnny or my granddaughter susie
1: right
2: that that is because i kind of looked at that and i went okay so you know i we'll see come you know after easter what this is all going to be like it's it was just so it was weird it was just weird yeah (laughs) anyway so we should get to our 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 subject and our subject is the goddess Bonne dia and I am bonne going to dia. start bonne dia, bonne dia. Um, <laughs> to do a chant there. Uh yeah. I am going to turn this to you mostly because I loved your <laughs> explanation <laughs> to me about what happened when you started to do research. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So for those of you who have been listening a long time, you know, like, my shtick is like deity things, right? Like, I love talking about gods. I love talking about polytheism. I teach workshops on goddesses and how to develop relationship with deity. This is totally my jam. So when I come across a deity that I'm completely unfamiliar with, it's really exciting, it's really exciting. And there's plenty of them. I, By no stretch of the imagination, I'm trying to say that I know them all. But it doesn't happen often that I've not even heard of that deity. And so when Elvira and I picked Bonadilla, I know that name. I knew the name. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do Bonadia. That sounds fun. But I didn't really know any of her mythology. And I was thinking of La Bessana, which is also Italian. And it's, you know, kind of like it's kind of like a, a Christmas witch in February, I think, is, like, La Bifana. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so that's what I thought we were doing. And then, then I'm, like, like excited about, like, this this Strega, La Bifana, energetic. And then I start reading about Bonadea. And I'm like, holy shit, this chick is awesome. This goddess is amazing. I'm so excited about this. Not love Asana at all, and I had no idea. I had no idea about the story. It's all new to me, which is crazy because especially one of the main stories that's written about her, you would think I would have heard of, and I've never heard it before. So I'm really excited to share this goddess with the world. (laughs) Yay! Yes, she definitely. And,
2: and again, this, as you had said, you know, the gods, the goddesses, um, in the ancient world, all mm-hmm. were very, they had local versions that were very specific. And then when they started to collect the localities into larger city-states and states and then, you know, large countries, they, they kind of combine everything. And this particular goddess is so, I mean, she may have started out in some other areas and we'll go into that, but she became totally a god goddess of Rome, period. Mm-hmm. And it was Rome. It wasn't just, by the way, you know, any other place. And I, I was like, wow, you know, because... Um, and it's sad because when I was in Italy and we did get into Aventi, uh, Aventine Hill, um, I didn't really get a chance to go into, you know, like to walk to all the temples and, and stuff, which is really a bummer um, because it would have been nice to, you know, have gotten a little bit more... Personal with some of the things that were there, um, but now I, I'm like, well, if I do go back, I'm going to go look for hers because she, you know, they made a point. It was like she anchored the energy there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, which is cool because so often, at least for me, I kind of dismiss Roman deity, which I know is shitty. I have I have a lot of feels about Rome, um, just you know as a as an oppressive state that took over the world. You know, they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones that did that. They come from a long lineage and they pass that lineage on and we live in a country of that lineage. But, you know, I have I have complicated feelings about Rome. So I don't tend to pay attention to the Roman gods a lot. And, you know, they often have counterpoints, especially in Greek culture. Um, there Sometimes it feels like there's not a lot of originality in the Roman deity and that they're all uh, borrowed from other cultures and mm-hmm. traditions and here we find this goddess that is likely to not be bo- borrowed from another culture and she may have origins in Greece right but that but mm-hmm. the goddess that grew up in the, in Greece is different than the goddess that grew up in Rome and became Bonadea and there's so much information about her that's lost and I think that's the thing. That I'm the most curious about, I'm likely to, after the show, because I only could do so much research, but after the show, I'm going to continue to research this goddess. I am intensely curious about her, and because there is so little information, and I, I just need to name this real quick. Why is there no information? Well, who writes things down historically? Men. And this is a goddess that was not, men were not allowed to work with her men were, were not supposed to be connected to her men were not permitted to her rights so that that's why so much of it has been lost is because men weren't allowed and they were the ones writing things down okay. so that you know, I'm fascinated <laughs> <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed my and excitement and entertainment I'm really yeah. like fascinated by this one
2: yeah. And she is she's you know a lot of you know they don't even know her real name she you know her her true name that yeah. was all kept secret if it was really known within the um confines of the priestesses and the 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 people that were the women that were dedicants of her and it was fascinating I mean they had mm-hmm. all these other names. But it was like, and they're they're pretty generic. I mean, when you come to look at them, I mean, you know, yeah, uh, Feminina Dea and you know, was it Ladonna Dea? It was really, it's just you know, great goddess, good goddess,
1: right? It, it, right. It, it was just generic, and it's like the woman goddess, yes, yeah, the woman goddess, goddess, the holy one, the goddess to be praised. Like these very, very, very generic. Labels, because her true name wouldn't have been spoken outside of ritual, right? Which yeah.
2: makes it even more mysterious for those of us that ha- like mysteries and want to solve them,
1: <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> so, um, okay, so I, I usually let you start off, you know, with you know some kind of a conversation on her. So I'm going to turn that to you since you are just so energetically enthused that I cannot believe it, I'm going to step aside and that energy flow right through the, the radio waves.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see. I'm going to find my notes here. What, where should we start? So I think, you know, we've kind of named like the big things, right? She's Roman. Um, she was a goddess for the women. And so she was related to chastity and fertility. Um, And we need to just take a moment to speak about Roman culture. Women were second-class citizens, literally, uh, maybe even lower than second-class. And um, women were expected to uphold, especially women of stature, women were expected to uphold certain um, mm, outward appearances. They had to appear to be... um, not virginal, but what's the word I'm even looking for? Chaste. Chaste. They had to, right? They had to have a a certain air about them that they were, as Caesar said, uh, the above suspicion, right? So women had to follow a certain layer of um, goodness (laughs) that other people, the men of Roman culture didn't have to abide by. And in fact, Although women would attend um, festivals and go to festivals that were, you know, open, women were not allowed to get really drunk at rituals. They were not allowed to perform rites. Only male augurs were allowed to perform rites. Um women were allowed to drink at religious occasions, but there, uh, but you know most people dro- drank wine. this wasn't unusual, but women would drink very weakened, diluted wine, and they had to drink in moderation. They had to be very virtuous. That's the word I've been trying to find. They had to be very virtuous because if women weren't virtuous, they might act disrespectful. So here we see fucking patriarchy, most beautiful. That the men can do whatever the hell they want, and they aren't held accountable, and women have to be held accountable for everyone's behavior, right? So this is the society of Rome. This is Rome. This is Rome. <laughs> and we think, uh, you uh, know, uh, I. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, no, on, go I, on. I was going to say, sometimes we think about the ancient past with these rose-colored glasses that polytheists and pagans of the ancient world were, you know, open and good culture, and and everyone was, no, everyone was not. Romans had slaves. Romans were patriarchal. Women were down on the the rung of societal classes. Like, no, right? So I just think that's important to remember, that this goddess was forbidden for men to work Mm -hmm. with. So there's already, if you're looking at a patriarchal society, and there is a goddess that men aren't allowed to work with, There's gonna be feels about that, right? Right. It's not like the men in control of society are gonna be like, "Well, they can have this one," you know. I just I'm so curious what it would have been like to be a, a woman who worked with Bonadea in ancient Rome, and to be like, "Okay, hubs, I'm off to the Bonadea festival tonight." Like, would he have been like, "Okay, go and get your yayahs out because this is the only opportunity you have, and I don't want you to snap, or would he have been like, "I don't really like you celebrating this Bona day a craziness that makes me super uncomfortable? I mean, probably both there are probably men that reacted you know both of those ways, but right, I'm All just right. so curious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over this one, Elvira. <laughs> then, I, then, then it was one of those suggestions
2: that was well taken in
1: because, I
2: mean, obviously, uh, you know, and the other part of what she, she does is she works with healing and protection and the yeah. protection of the state and the people of Rome. And, yeah. you know, that kind of, you know, uh, during the the, um, the Republic, I love this, if you, if you want to get this, it's called the Republican Era. Of Rome, which mm. I found fascinating compared to what we are dealing with in our United States. Um, basically, there was a certain sense of propriety. So she was the goddess of Rome, and that process very dignified. But there was also another part of herself that was she. She was the healer, and she healed, and it was fascinating. When I began to, you know, read about not just the cults, but you know, some of the temples, they don't have a lot of temples either. You know, they 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 kind of it. it, They they always they kind of said, well, they all have walls and they all have around it, which is very unusual Mm -hmm. for temples. And they all have the you know like um, certain rooms that that are there, but there's always like we would call it an apothecary, Mm -hmm. and it was where the herbs and the medicinal um mixtures were and they, they ministered to the people, the Publians, the public. Which I thought mm. was really kinda nice. And you listen to that and you go, Wow, so she you know, she she was the guardian of that process for the public. So we would call it dare I say this, social medicine.
1: Mm. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. One of the things uh so she had two festivals. One was on Beltane, that's not what they called it, but on May 1st. And the other was sometime in December. And the only reason we know this is because it was written about on two different occasions. Um, but we don't know, necess- we don't know what happened during these festivals. They were, you know, for the plebeian class to attend, um, probably all women, maybe a limited amount of men that we don't really know. Um, then I found, I found this one tiny sentence on this website. Where does it go? Um, there was a dedica- dedication or perhaps a rededication of the temple in 123 B.C. by the Vestal Virgin Licinia. So clearly I need to research more about Licinia, but she was a Vestal Virgin. She gifted the temple an altar, a shrine, and a couch, but this gift was immediately annulled and declared unlawful by the Roman Senate. And Licinia was charged with in chastity and executed. Uh-huh. I'm like, who the hell is Licinia? Because obviously it wasn't just the fact that she dedicated this stuff to the goddess Bonadea. She was obviously up to more shenanigans. So now I have this whole other godass ancestor I need to find out about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there is. Um, and, of course, that was, that was done in the, what they call the Republican era. And then they, you go yeah. to um, the uh, the what was it, Imperial era, which is mm-hmm. the next one down. And it turns out, and this is what I found interesting because when you said that, that Octavian was mm-hmm. the um, restorer of the Roman traditional uh, religions and values and a peacemaker. But he his wife, Livia... Lydia, was a distant relative of Claudius, and Claudius is the one that there's a whole story about him and his trying to get in and trying to dress as a woman to the the winter festival because he wanted Mm -hmm. to seduce Caesar's wife. And because of that, that's how we know some of the things that happened because there was a because it became a big public trial. And I kid you not, after reading about it in this one area, don't need to go into all the particulars, I'm sitting here going, this sounds like what they do in our Senate and House of Representatives, and they go through these big trials, right, and then they acquit the person
1: because he got acquitted, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm the just whole like, story is pretty shit. There's Caesar, Julius Caesar, who I think most people have heard of, right, Mm -hmm. is married to Pompeia. She hosts, as being, like, a head of state's wife, she hosts the Bonadea Festival. And this douche, this asshole, dresses up as a woman and sneaks in in order to try and nail Caesar's wife. Who Mm -hmm. gets in trouble? Caesar's wife. And he divorces her over it which basically, you know, that's not a good thing. It would have been highly problematic for a Roman woman to be, especially to be dumped by Caesar. Yeah. The whole thing is terrible. And what that did was put all of Bonadea's festivals in a bad light. And it be, instead of looking at the man as being a piece of human trash, they were like, Oh, well, it's the Bonadea festivals. And this is too much freedom for women and too much cavorting and, um, uh, mm-hmm. livia as elvira just said livia tried to fix that and bring the goddesses rights back into good favor and it didn't it just didn't go well because men felt that women of the of the upper classes shouldn't be b- behaving in that matter and that men would go to these festivals dressed in drag here's my thoughts on this i bet that this what potentially was men dressed in drag but this might have also been that were mm-hmm. attending these festivals of Bonadea. You know, they weren't exactly good with all of those things. Uh, but the the men felt that it was not okay for women to be drinking and cavorting, and they were con- convinced and concerned that women were just having a sexual free-for-all at the Bonadea rituals and festivals because they were allowed to drink. They were allowed to cavort. <laughs> they were allowed to do whatever they did in secrecy, and that just wasn't okay, especially for the upper class women. Yeah, it's just. Uh, ugh.
2: I know, but see <laughs> that, and what they there were the there were two things that were very specific to her rituals, and it was wine and a blood sacrifice. And It was right. usually a sow that was killed. Cow. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of that, that's why I was I wanted to get to that to allude to my blood sacrifice in in honor <laughs> of doing. Bonadia today. Um, right. So there you go. I, I instead of drinking, you know, wine, I am drinking, you know, I was drinking coffee. So I guess that's the best we'll do on that one. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because you're right. This is, think about every time you, you're talking, all my mind goes to is England and the upper class Victorian type of energy that was structured and then brought over here and made you know yeah. not that it was you know I mean it was it was basically came over even though we were more free in one sense meaning that the country's concepts were more of freedom yeah. and i'm just sitting here looking at this going that's how it happened it this made it so clear yeah. how the repression of women and what their, the morality and morals and the ways they need to act and look mm-hmm. were put into effect. Right. It was just, she, this goddess is more about illuminating, the, the, the um, putting a light on that inequity. And I think that yeah. her energy and the fact that she had Vestal Virgins that basically were the presider's they were called you know it's funny because they called them priests in in all the work that I've written, but they were the ones yeah. that did the ministering they would bring the reason the couch was there was in Rome, of course that was part of how you 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 laid on the couch i mean they they've made a lot of funny comedies about it, but the couches you know where you'd lay on a couch and you would eat your food and you would you know recline, yeah. so they'd bring her her statue. From the temple, yeah. her temple, yeah. to the festival that was done in winter,
0: and lay right. it
2: to the to the couch, and then of course the the wine is you know of course, I, and I thought of your store because of course the wine was <laughs> the milk, milk and, yeah. and then the, the <laughs> jar that it was in was a honey jar, so jar, and I'm thinking there is more to your name than I think anybody and oh, yeah. I, they may have when they first yeah. started it, but it's funny that this particular deity suddenly brought those words and the, that, those actions, what was done, into right. the bigger light. So it, it yeah. is a reason to be, like, excited because there's more to her, and you really are going to have to, you know, I'm going to give all kudos to you when you ferret it all out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there is one quote I want to share before we take a quick break, because it it's who yes. I got to look who said it. Uh, Valerius Maximus. So Valerius Maximus said, this is referring to the virtuous past and why they had laws against women drinking, uh, for fear that they might lapse into some disgraceful act, for it is only a step from the intemperance of Liber Pater." To the Forbidden Things of Venus. So basically, you follow with Father Rome, and you'll be okay. We don't want you getting wild with Aphrodite. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Well, when there we come go. back,
2: we'll probably need to, you know, delve a little more into um, some of her other things. But we have yeah. our wonderful commercial.
1: Yes. Yes, we'll be back in just a moment.
0: You're listening to The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right all-time specific at 3 hours for eastern sponsored by the lucky mojo curio company in forestville california and online at luckymojo.com aha uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: yes we are <laughs> okay so one of the things that would probably be good is to talk about a couple of well her statue There are a couple of different versions of statues, but the one Mm -hmm. most noted and the one in the Roman um, temple was a very sedate robed woman with a cornucopia in her left hand and a snake wrapped Mm -hmm. around her right hand. So serpents were part of her um, iconography, but they were also considered and they were slithering around her Um, temples. So then, you know, harmless Mm -hmm. ones, not poisonous ones. So it was obvious that that serpentine energy of renewal and sexual, uh, sexuality underworld were part of her that again was there and was kept within the temple confines, but allowed for people for the women to, to acknowledge and work with. And the only, uh, plant that was not allowed in her, you know, in making the bowers and, the, and the, the, putting the whole, you know, ambiance of uh, w- vines and grapevine leaves, um, grape, what are they called the grape uh, vines for uh, headpieces, was myrtle. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you to say why myrtle is not, because I'm sure that you in your research found that to be part of it too. And I'm going to sit to you on that motion if you don't mind.
1: Oh, well, I'm not sure, actually. My assumption was Myrtle is related to Aphrodite, and so I just made the assumption that, that you couldn't use or speak of that plant because of that, but I don't know. I I didn't dig into that part of her story. Please, please, oh, tell me what I missed. Tell you what you missed.
2: Well, basically, you know, her mythology, again, is shrouded in, in, in questions, but they likened her to um the the she was Fauna, the daughter wife or sister. Of oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Faunus. Okay, and so she basically Faunus was the son of Picus and was the first king of Latin of the Latins. But the difference here is it was a pastoral god, flocks and things like that. She basically Fauna was the female virgin. So fa- Faunus and Fauna were part of this duality of energy, but when you get into the Roman era, then it becomes that he's her father or, you know, husband, and she's drunk some wine, and she's very, you know, loose and goosey, and he gets very upset, and he, he, he takes the myrtle um, vine, you know, the myrtle bush or the, the branch, and he, he hits her. Well, it's either he hits her or he beats her to death, one of the two. It's, it's usually, mm. you know, pretty violent and um, she's forbidden to, you know, drink anything and and whatever. So that's why the Myrtle, and yes, because the other side of it is, is that it is for the goddess Venus. So it's a little bit too far, I think, afield of the the more uh, sensual part
0: of Mm -hmm. what this
2: whole, um, her her festivals were part of his fun and frolic and yes yeah, sex and and drinking and you know it kind of reminds me of frat parties um, right but, you know women's or sorority parties you know it's, we got to go to the female version right um, yeah. but it was one of those plants that was forbidden for that particular reason and yes you're right the the other part of it was that and you mentioned it earlier that the um, the uh, queer people were part of it because there were some men that were allowed in to the rituals that were allowed to know these things,
0: but yeah. they were
2: ones that were more in keeping with the aspect of being um, out of the, you know, out of the particular structure of the patriarchal male consciousness. Mm-hmm so there were that but they didn't again everyone was sworn to secrecy so nobody's going to go out and blab a bunch of stuff because nobody wants to be um harassed or brutalized or you know killed you right. know
1: yeah yeah and there's a lot in the in the festival descriptions that we have which as we've mentioned are lacking because they weren't they weren't written about but the men If you had the party in your home, you would have to ritually cleanse any maleness from your space. So all people (laughs) had to leave, uh, any male presences had to leave, uh, any male animals had to leave, and even any portraits of men had to leave. All of it had to go uh, the, the woman and her assistants would decorate using all manner of growing and blooming things, except for myrtle. Um, and Elvira mentioned a lot of this, but the, a, a banquet would be prepared and a couch where the, the goddess's statue would be brought. Now, something about couches, because, you know, we've brought this up a few times. Romans ate their meals lying down. <laughs> that's just how they ate. They weren't eating at kitchen tables like we are in the you know the modern Western world. Uh, they would lay. They would lay as they ate. So it's a completely different way of having a meal. So that's something to remember. Like having a comfortable couch, a place to lay, pillows. Like all of these things were important. Like if you know, I, I did a lot of research on the god Mithras for my book mm-hmm. What Is Remembered Lives and. His temples were nothing but where where people would recline (laughs) and eat. That was like it. So that's something to just know because we might be like, gosh, couches and laying down were such a big deal. That's because that's how they had dinner. (laughs) Right, right, truly. Yeah.
2: And I guess the recliner that we, you know, what we now have is recliners. Can can duplicate that because don't you think <laughs> right. that we have a lot of people that eat within their recliner and yeah, you really. know whatever and especially since COVID I'm sure that has become even more popular um, but yeah that's that kind of you know we're going backwards in some things um, yeah yeah so yeah she's she definitely um, you know they they they've the healing, you know, the thing that gets me, and the thing that I really get excited about, I guess all these things are are exciting, but the, the power of the healer—that's really something that they really—I know that a few of the sources I did—they really focus on the power of the healer and the the energy of um, nature, because she was yeah. based on as a nature earth goddess, you know, earth mother. And, right. um, so I, I'm, I'm just like, wow, this is, te-. yes, we know of all of the things about, um, hedge witches and all the different things that later became part of, you know, the next generation of, um, uh, holistic healers and herbal healers and mm-hmm. midwives. And then, of course, the repression of that, which kind of became bloody and ugly, but, um, it's very interesting how this particular goddess has, she's been very quiet
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, as far as anything, because, you know, we don't see a bunch of statues, obviously, it's very limited. We don't even right. see people who have revisioned her, which a lot no. of people who do the, the statues, there are certain kind of like, you, you take something and you revision it with what you know of the of the deity. Nothing. Yeah nothing. And yeah. I'm fascinated to see if she's going to make a, I don't want to say comeback, but a resurgence of some kind because we, it's not that we are the forerunners that on our show we do something and it's, it's out there and it happens, you know, like that. But it's it's the energy that seems right. so intense and uh, it's, it's drawn you into wanting to research and, you know, your path as a author of these kinds of uh, subject matters, it's Mm -hmm. very well to be brought out and then suddenly um, her energy comes to the fore for whatever
1: that's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Yeah, and, and the other interesting thing here, too, with this goddess is, you know, so much of it is lost or conjecture or assumption based on Roman culture. We don't really know, but there is some evidence that up even into the 4th century AD, there were healing centers that were originally her temple sites. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a big deal. Into the 4th century AD doesn't sound like that long into, you know, what some folks consider the modern era, but it really is, mm-hmm. um, you know, and she's had, historically, she had this resurgence several times where, she was brought into the forefront. And it does feel like, you know, some of the goddesses like Aradia and Lilith, these sort of, these goddesses whose stories have been changed, altered over time, turned into something different when, than what they originally might have represented. This feels along those same lines. Like this is an interesting, you know, goddess um, potentially for our times now. So yeah, I would be curious to see who works with this goddess from a modern perspective. I don't know any folks who work with Bonadea, and now I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I'm curious to do a little more digging to see, like, what are modern worshipers doing?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much. Very much, I think, that... And it's... It... All I could say is, is that when... um When I started reading, I mean, it's funny, you get certain things, you get the the Wikipedia, you get certain things, of course, that come along, and certain people that that sort of jump in and hand you some really interesting information, and I I find that that's part of what we're getting is is you have to dig, and you get a little more, and you have to dig, and you get a little more, Um, but... Uh, and it's, it's interesting, just a sidebar, um, in The Way of the Strega, which was um, done by Raven Grimasi, mm-hmm. uh, he, the book, and then he, he kind of did his own kind of teaching, uh, he brought up fauna and um, faunus mm-hmm. as the 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 complements and the energy uh, and I need to go back because I didn't have the time and I was, we were looking at Bonadia, but I think that there's some pieces of the history that would be woven from that particular energy pattern, I think, back into the Bonadilla because of how it was um, kept alive but under the guise of, you know, this secret group of Drago, which is kind of a thing in Sicily where, you know, most people don't want to be considered Roman. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, that would be something I'm probably going to do, but like everything else, um, <laughs> things got packed. And I think I packed <laughs> that, bo- that book. Right. So it is, you know, I can only keep out so many books that I'm going to be able to have where I go um, as my temporary stay. And I'm like looking at it going,
1: I can't do all of you. Well, <laughs> well you that know her, her first holiday is coming up on May first at the Aventine, which was celebrated on May first. So it is a good opportunity for the folks who are women listening who want to do a celebration, uh, care for your temples, kick out any vestiges of men in your space, cleanse, uh, have get super drunk sacrifice a sow, you know, do the things that would have been done for her on May 1st. You got you got a little less than a month to plan. <laughs> there you go.
2: That is just as easy as pie, right? Because we are women. We can do anything, and we can do it in half the time that men do. Right. right. If nothing else, we we usually get forced into doing that, you know, the – Oh my! I need to get Christmas together. Oh dear! It's only a week and a half away. We'll do it. You know, it sounds like Judy Garland and um, <laughs> what's his name? Got it now? Forgot it. But anyway, it, it was the Andy uh, Andy Hardy and Andy, you know, oh, Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney. They would always, oh yeah, you know, teenagers. They had these series of movies they made with different characters that they played as young kids that would save the farm or save the whatever and they put on a play and less time in the middle of nowhere and everybody would yeah. come. So, um yeah. You never know. We might wind up doing that. Of course now that would be exciting if we could do Bonadia in the in Washington D C. Now that's an idea. <laughs> getting a little politically, you know, and motivated here. It's just, you know, I don't think that, you know, our current administration is bad. I think it's actually trying to pick up the pieces of a really shattered uh, situation. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, considering what we've been seeing as these pop-up aggressive things, I, you know, it's like, come on, Bonadio, we got to get get the power
1: going back again. Right. we got yeah. Yeah. Well, anything so, else on this? I feel like we've we've dug into as much as we can with what's available. That's true.
2: It's true. I know that um we've really, you know, and again, you've got um they wanted to connect her with Cir- Cirrus and, you mm-hmm. know, uh Demeter and things like that, but they again, it was like trying to fit this energy into a mold, but it, it it just didn't completely work. But, you know, I think that's a high point of what we've said and you said specifically in all of our shows about gods and goddesses, about how, um, you know, they try to put it all together and make one big lump that looks exactly like, you know, this. Thing that then you can then point to and say that's it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not possible here, I'm sure, with any reasonable concern, but they try, and
1: <laughs> yeah, they do.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah, I think we've we've kind of given her a real good trumpet blare, and we'll see yeah. how this goes in terms of you know what more info you ever, you know, you put into your hopper and what people out there start to look at and, and go for and who knows you might find that they might dig up a, a temple that's more in key, intact and it's suddenly like, oh my God, here we are because that's what yeah, it, what's be happening cool. a lot of it. They're, they're mm-hmm. coming up with more temples in both Egypt and other places intact archaeologically and beyond what they've had in the past so, um, That may be in the near future with this one. Yeah. So now, as far as um, our next show, our next show, um, due to a myriad of scheduling issues, we are going Mm to have a um, basically a rerun, and -hmm. then the following week after that, we will be doing um, a uh, show on Margot Adler, a beloved Mm -hmm. of our traditional. Structures of Wicca, witchcraft, paganism, rediscovery, rewriting, moving together. Yeah. So anything you want to say about that or anything else?
1: No, I think that's it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see you we'll in a week-ish. <laughs> a week-ish. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, we will see you in a week-ish. And you definitely have a good Easter Bunny if that is part of your world. And if not... Um, Find something to, you know, make your, your day on Sunday, and we will see you on the radio. Again.
1: All right. Bye.
2: Bye.